Hey, I'm Michael. And I'm Greg. And we're two new dads and the co-founders of a company called Lalo and your hosts of The Dad Pod, where we talk with cool dads doing cool stuff so we can learn a thing or two. Today on the show, we're talking with TJ Mizell, a talented DJ and producer and the son of the great jam master Jay from Run DMC. On this episode, we talked to TJ about what it's like from being a touring artist with ASAP Ferg to being a full-time dad, growing up with a music industry legend, and raising a kid during the height of the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement. So Mike, now that you are fully vaccinated, welcome to the club, by the way. What are you most excited to do again? Oof, good question. Um, well, I'm I'm still in my two week wait. I think you know I'll I'll be done this Friday. I'll be ready to get out, see the town, see people. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I think the most exciting thing is just like seeing friends. A lot of our friends, you know, including you, had kids during quarantine. And Jem has never met any of them, has never had a play date with a friend's kid. So weird. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm really excited for her to meet other people, meet my friend's kids. We're, we have a wedding, a small wedding down in DC at the end of May. And a bunch of our friends who had kids will all be there with the kids. So we'll actually get to all get together. It's a bunch of my college friends. That's I think nice. that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. I, I'm similarly, I think incredibly excited for that. I have a wedding at the end of May too with some of my closest friends who not all of them do have kids. Um, so I think selfishly, I'm just really excited to just hang out with friends in an intimate setting like I haven't done in a while. But I have to say, I'm also a little nervous. Like, How so? Some of even your closest friends. You think friends, you forgot how to socialize? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Like, you know, it's just like being in a, a gr- not only a group setting, but in like a, a crowded setting with hundreds of people like that I no one has interacted on that level in in quite some time and especially you know I was saying to one of my buddies how it has been that much harder to not just obviously you know continue a friendship but to make sure you're still as close as you are check up on them as much as possible you're just like you're a little bit out of touch so like that dynamic that you may have had Previously, it's like it just changed. Like it just changed. Like I, I had dinner with one of my best friends and his wife. I haven't seen him in literally a year. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like it was like you, it did was, you hug, high five, fist bump. I elbow. mean, I'm fully vaxxed. They've been fully vaxxed. It was a, it was like a, it was a hug. It was a hug. Um, but yesterday, I was with someone. I, I like, I went in for the hug and I got an elbow. So that, that was that was honestly a little rough. <laughs> I felt, you know, it's it's weird. Like you always like have those awkward moments where you go for like a handshake, you get a high five, handshake, fist bump. That's got to be super awkward going for the hug and getting an elbow. Like it was, we- I mean, I felt rejected to be honest. I mean, you were. Are you, are, are you going to be a hugger, you think, post-vax? <sighs> um, and were you a hugger before? For my close friends, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think when I see my close friends and we're, we'll all be vaxxed by then, it, it's got to be a hug. It's got to be a hug, but I, I, I'm I am excited to just like have Gemma get the attention from other kids to just like just observe, like to sit back with my friends, not even necessarily talk, but like put all the kids down in a park and let them do their thing, watch them interact because that's also like brand new. That kind of kid to kid, same age interaction. 
outside of like, you know, we've been going to the playground and stuff, but other than that, it's, it's limited. I mean, when she went to the playground for the first time, it's like she spends a lot of time just like looking at kids, yeah. like observing because it's it's so mind blowing. Has Gemma gone to any classes yet? Starting to figure out the class situation now. Yeah. We're at. It's more about it was more about us than it was about her. Totally. So we're excited for that. But yeah, I, I think quarantine and and everything has also just you've been able to have a different view into who are the people you want to keep up with and and all that and you know I'm excited to have TJ on the show today we actually go way back to my days working in music so excited to are you were you hugging you and TJ were <laughs> yeah we're huggers we're huggers or do you guys sure. like have your own high five or something no just huggers nah. um, no TJ's a great person excited to hear about his experience and you know he became a dad over quarantine so let's bring him in what's going on TJ welcome what's up TJ how are you guys thank you guys for having me of course. Yeah, we're good. We're good, man. It's our pleasure. Um, so yeah, I mean, listen, I w- want to jump right in here. We know, you know, you have your label Dope Roots. Prior to COVID, I Michael was telling me you're actually, you were the t- touring DJ for ASAP Ferg, by the way, Dope Walk, one of my favorite songs by him by far. Um, but since COVID, what have you been up to? Since COVID, man, I've been a dad. I've been a dad, a full-blown dad. Koa came February 15th, which is my son, my first son. And that was about a month before we, less than a month before we kind of went into lockdown. So that's been my main focus from the very first time we went into lockdown till right now. You know, I've been making music on the side, lucky enough to like move to a house that's right down the street from the first house that I lived in here. And I built a studio here. So that's literally a 10 minute walk from my house. So I bring him over here. And just work on music. Got this duo project that I started as well during the quarantine. But it's just been dad life, really. What's it been like? I mean, you were full on like a touring artist. And now you're at home. And those are very different lives. Yeah. What's been the major shift? And obviously, you know, being home full time now as a dad. Do you miss touring? Are you glad you're home? Like, Man, I'm so glad that I'm home. I'm so glad that I've been able to just have this time with Koa. If this pandemic wouldn't have happened. I planned on taking off from December through April. So I was going to be home through that time anyway. But then as soon as April started, I was going to go back on the road again. And there's just been so many things that happen in everyday life that I'm so grateful that I didn't miss. Just especially in these first, like, he's about to be a year old next month. So this in his first year, I've been able to see everything every single day. And it's the biggest blessing ever. It's tough to talk with people about the pandemic because a lot of people have just, just this negative outlook on it. And I feel like mine hasn't been that at all just because I've been so blessed. Yeah. Gemma, my daughter is, I think, born 11 days or so before Koa. So we're all going through the same things. And Greg has, you know, one right behind us two months younger. So it's... it's- oh, my God. Gosh, oh, that's amazing. Definitely has been the silver lining. Oh. What's been like the biggest surprise so far for you as a dad? Obviously getting to experience this and spend way more time with Co. What's been like that that one sort of surprise? I think really just understanding how quickly they do learn things and how they do pick up on everything so quickly. They're sponges, literally. Like just to see a mind that's so fresh just kind of work around the world in his own way or, or her own way, you know, and just like kind of just seeing these things happen as they go. That's been my biggest surprise. And, you know, I one of my best friends, Clay, Mike, you know, Clay, like he had a kid, he had two kids actually as a girl and a boy and they're a little bit older. So I kind of got to see that a little bit, but not firsthand, like not like they were my kids. 
and this is beautiful to watch now. And it's definitely surprising. I didn't know it happens this fast. Yeah, I mean, the innate ability on some things is is crazy. Like they just figure out so many things on their own. You you imagine that? Oh I thought I would have to be like teaching. You know, like I'm a coach yeah. or something. You know, they no. She figures things out well before. Her, her, basically her favorite saying is no, no, no. And she waves her finger. That's like, you know, <laughs> 11 months is the only thing she says. And like, yeah. it's because she figures out so many things first before we get to, to share it with her. Yeah. It's crazy. That's amazing. They're watching everything and picking up so fast. Oh, they so absorb it all. Yeah. My son to tell me no. Mm-hmm. at this point, he's like, He's like saying baba or no no, and now he just like started flapping his arms one day when he doesn't want something. He just like flaps his arms like he's like I'm good. No, like don't put it near me anymore. Um, so that's how he's like. That's that's how he's just telling me no these days. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, TJ. You know, obviously we go back a bit in our our days in music and honestly, day one, man. Like yeah. literally, like the, the beginning. You know, obviously, you've had your own established career. You you started Dope Roots, which is an awesome label, and supporting some great up and coming acts. And then you know you have your touring gig with ASAP Ferg, and you did a little with Lil Pump, and now you have your your duo with Alexander Smash. But you know, I think you've carved your own niche. But obviously, your 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 dad was an infamous figure in the music world, Jam Master Jay. How did he shape your music career? Like, I know we've talked a lot about this, but you know, I don't think a lot of people know the impact he had on music or, or even not, you know, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. In so many ways, so many ways that weren't very direct, you know, it was pretty, pretty cool the way he went about it. Like he put me in violin class in pre-K. So in pre-K started violin, that was super young. So I'm guessing that's like four three or four, four around yeah i think four because kindergarten's five so playing violin then and then he got me into drums immediately after that and just building my music knowledge and my music theory so by the time that i got to middle school even elementary school like playing drums and concert band music was like this innate part of me that i really understood very well you know i started having my own likes for music like i wasn't really big onto hip-hop growing up like i liked a lot of electronic music and stuff that was more melodical I mean, I like a lot of rock and roll music and, and things that are melodical, but in a roundabout way, he kind of did. And then it's been, I, I fell in love with DJing in my older years, just with making music for bands and stuff. And then he started the Scratch DJ Academy, which is a school that I actually learned how to DJ through. And ever since then, it's been this like weird, innate way that he didn't directly like put me into this path, but he like laid all of the foundation for it in, in his own way. That's awesome. Yeah. So you never DJed with him. He passed when you were 11 and you took it on. Yeah. He brought me to the Scratch Academy like once before he passed because the Scratch Academy opened in 2001 and he passed in 2002. So that first trip there ever was with him, you know, and I got to see the school that he was building on and working. And yeah, that, that was, he never really taught us how to DJ. He never really had equipment at the house. It was never a thing that he was like directly like pushing on us. Was there ever a moment, obviously like, listen, music is clearly in your blood, in your DNA, where you were actually mm-hmm. thinking like, maybe I don't want to do music. Was it, was there ever like that sort of, you know, dilemma that you had? Nah, man, I always like, so growing up, I wanted to, like, I loved skateboarding, you know, like my dream was to be a professional skateboarder. And then also like start a clothing line based off of like the skateboarding industry and skateboarding culture, you know, like I wanted a skateboarding brand. Yeah. And that also ties in so much with music. Totally. But, Throughout my whole life, music was like this thing that wasn't even a hobby. It was a passion. And throughout every single year since 
since pre-K, like every year there was a lot of my energy going towards music, whether that was in school, whether that was after school with a band that I was working on or working with playing drums for. And that, and that literally went all the way throughout high school. And then in college, like I started making music with my best friend, Taylor Tiga, who's on the label as well. He owns the label as well. You know, we started it together and it's like this thing where it's like, okay, music has always been there and it's always my passion. And I always have so much fun doing this one thing. I want to give so much energy to it. And once I picked up DJing and I played my first party, it was like, oh, wait, wait, what? Like, I can, I can make this a career. Like, yeah, duh, I can make this a career. But I never thought that, that it's like this. You know, like, it's that feeling that you get when, like, you're controlling a crowd and they're going crazy and, like, you're dropping music and everybody's singing to it and just making people just move. It's like, once you can do that, it's this weird type of control and it happens to be with music. It was, it was addicting since then. What was the first party? The first party was, um, so there was a bunch of OGs at, from Scratch Academy and they're all teachers. There's like Esquire and, and Noms and like all these amazing OG teachers. And I was that young kid. Like, like these guys are all at least 15 years older than me. Um, so they take me to this party. It's a Halloween party and uh, they're all playing music. People are kind of chilling. But since I was a kid, I just had my ear to the streets and I knew what all the new things were. And that was my thing. I wanted to be, the guy that like people heard the record from first, you know, or like, Oh, like this is cool. But like, he must be in this into this shit because he knows this song and he's right. playing it at a party. So that's the approach that I took with my DJ style and all these, like all the OGs were just playing like Nas, you know, and Jay-Z and like, they were doing those like New York city club sets that you always hear. And I am like the last person to do some, something like that. I'm always playing new stuff. So the crowd like got up when I started playing and this is my first set ever. And they got crazy. They were going so wild to the point where it gave me anxiety. Cause I was like, Oh no, how do I keep these people moving? Like they all got up from their seats and that people just found the dance floor as soon as I got on and they're singing all these songs. They're doing all the dances to the songs. So then I got that feeling. I was like, Oh, I got it. I, I want to do this again. Oh, I want to do this again. You know? And I had an awesome manager, Mike, even you, like you helped out so much and just like putting me in places, even on the, on the road to the Zach, like it's so crazy to think about like for the next eight years, I'd be doing this with an artist, but I was able to do it with Zach and go from playing drums to going to like DJing. And then that was such an awesome experience that I always look back on. And I'm like, this is really like, prepared me for like what I'd be doing for the next decade, you know? Yeah. So cool. Yeah. I have a, I have a question about like, it's pretty clear that your dad had a sense that you'd be musicals and in his blood, probably in your blood. So he, you know, he put you in a violin to get maybe a more classical sense of music education and then drums, you know, that was maybe his way of like not putting DJing on you, but like in a sense, maybe also because drums and closely related. Yeah. Sure. Have you thought about how that translates to you being a dad to Koa and how you want him to approach music? I know it's early. It's only he's less than a year old, but have you put instruments in front of him? Like how have you thought about Koa's approach to music? It's weird. It's like one of those things that you kind of just don't think about. I haven't really bought him much like music things. My family does. Like my brother got him a really cool ukulele. My mom got him this cool keyboard that he can walk on from FAO shorts. There's like a lot of like drums and things around, but it's weird. And like, I kind of see where my dad was at in it. It's like, you don't want to force anything upon them because you want them to find their own way. But of course, as he gets older, he's going to do his own research and he's going to understand who his grandfather was. He's going to understand what I do for a living and he's going to kind of come about it in his own way. But 
I definitely want to do go about the same way that my dad was with instilling him with theory when it comes to music and not really like pushing my own things on him just because it'll create like I wasn't pushed onto any type of music and it makes sense because I listen to genres of music that people would never expect that I listen to. So, and I, and I really appreciate that. So I'll probably be the same with Koa. Awesome. That's great. I want to shift gears a little bit and this is a bit of like a, a deeper topic and probably harder to talk about, but you know, 2020 has been a interesting year, you know, obviously with the black lives matter movement and the political mm-hmm. landscape, obviously COVID. Yeah. You know, I've thought about it, but it's a little bit different being a white guy and thinking about race. And obviously we have a duty to acknowledge it, but as a black man and having a child in 2020, I imagine you probably have a different outlook in the world, but I don't want to assume anything. And I'm curious, like how you've thought about that with Koa being born, like almost in the middle of this climate and how to have the conversations and does it change your perspective at all? Yeah, for sure. I feel like my parents did a really good job at making sure that I wasn't really affected by my environment. And I feel like a lot of kids don't have that opportunity, you know? So like both of my parents from the projects in New York city, you know, but they made sure that I didn't have to go through that. Therefore I went to like a Catholic school growing up where it wasn't just black kids there. There are kids of like every single ethnicity, you know, there's like a lot of white kids, like a lot of middle Eastern kids, um, a lot of black kids too. And then moving to Virginia, it kind of switched a little bit. I was After my father died, I was about like 12, and we moved to Virginia, and it was way different. That's the South, you know? So predominantly white. Like, the only black kids in that whole school, like, play sports, and that's it. That's the only reason why they're there. <laughs> and it was definitely culture shocking. And I feel like for me, that culture shock kind of made me, at an age of like 12 years old, it made me, and especially with the things that I liked, I liked skateboarding, I liked rock and roll music, which aren't things that always fit you in with the black kids, you know, and being black, that was definitely like a weird thing for me, but I was never pushed onto music and I was raised in an area where I didn't have to live a life like this. So that being said, I think I really went about life colorless. Like I didn't see white, I didn't see black. And I feel like that did handicap me. My mom was somebody who really tried to keep up with the Joneses, you know, like being a single mom in this situation. She really tried to make sure that we didn't feel anything, that we were like lower from any of the other kids. So she really busted her ass and worked really hard so that we can have the things like our friends did, you know? But once again, that kind of gives you this like colorless mentality. And it wasn't until this thing happened where I realized like you can't be colorless. Regardless, like I used to be like, oh, I don't see color. Like, I don't, I don't see this. I don't see that. And in a way it was like me kind of just putting this blanket over this situation that I was very uncomfortable with. And of course, experiencing racism as a black kid, especially in Virginia, like that was every day for me. But it was this thing that I tried to blanket, especially with the friends that I had. Like I really made sure that I didn't just have white friends or I didn't just have black friends or I really tried to reach out to everybody because I knew how uncomfortable that was. And so for me with Co, I'm really going to just be like real about what's going on with society and kind of like tell him about these things and tell him about the things that we'll go through in life and just how he has to move so that we can all move past this and like we can teach others to move past this and we can have a better state of mind about it. You know, hopefully like we are not having the same conversations 10 to 15 years from now. That's awesome. I think that's a, a great outlook. And awesome to hear about your past and, and how your family dealt with it. I know you guys are super family oriented yeah. and, you know, living in Virginia, I'm sure was 
not easy, but interesting to hear your perspective. Um, so moving on to a segment that we do with our guests called Obscure Top Five List, TJ. So now taking a maybe a little bit of a lighthearted tune with you. We're yeah. going to go through our Obscure Top Five List. So the Obscure Top Five List we want to do with you, top five songs your kid, Koa, and Greg and I will share our okay. list too, but the top five songs your kid will be forced to love. Cool. So we'd love to hear your top five. What are the songs that Koa is going to have to listen to in the car? Um, so he's going to have to listen to Alexander Smash Get Back. That's like one of my favorite records that we've dropped. Also, another one that's in the works that's not out, but it'll be out before, of course, by the time he's being forced to listen hmm. to things is Alexander Smash and Bilo Onyx Slam Remix. So we got the stems of Slam and we're doing a crazy remix of that. So I was maybe like three, four years old when Slam was being made and I was forced to listen to that shit. So he will too, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, Run DMC, it's tricky. He, he'll probably be forced to love that song. It'll probably just because of this whole TikTok viral thing, it'll probably still be relevant in about five years. So he'll, he'll be listening to that. Yeah. XXX Woe is a song that I heard one time and Poe wasn't here yet. He was on his way and I heard it and I was like, oh wow, I'm going to listen to this song with Poe all the time. And it's definitely that song when I think about changing his diaper or like whatever. And we have like the speak Bluetooth speaker in there. And it's like one song that I'm always listening to with him, even in the car. It's definitely XXX Well, It just has this cool, like baby melodic vibe to it and like some cool drums over it. And he's kind of doing his emo thing. So he's not talking about no crazy shit. So cool. And, um, Mace Ferg's work, of course, that's a song Amazing. that I probably have to listen to. Yeah, so those are, that's the five right there. Awesome. That's good. It, someone it. should also, you know, we should also ask, like, what are the top five songs you never thought you'd ever listen to, but have now, or like, no, <laughs> oh on God. repeat? Like, my Spotify number one song for 2020 it, was Run Baby Run by Casper Baby Pants. Yeah. I mean, Literally, like, and dude, it wasn't yeah. even close you, to the number you know two. What, you know what the problem is? My Spotify and Apple Music does not know me anymore. Oh, like, no. what they're recommending is oh, Baby Beluga on repeat. Like yeah. that's the only thing that comes up. I just keep clicking ba- Rafi Radio and just Baby Beluga, Baby Beluga, Baby uh, Beluga. Um, uh, so Greg, let's hear your what's what's your top five songs you're gonna okay. So like yeah, I, to. I definitely you know there's it's funny because there's some songs that I'm like okay these are my favorite songs that I just want to continue listening to and I hope he'll you know Jace will love them as well. Um, but partially right, yeah. I gotta like you know my wife, I gotta I gotta. Make sure I'm making everyone happy here. So um, one for me, uh, you know, I would say five for me is Daft Punk, One More Time. I mean, that's just like great oh, yeah. song, gets everyone moving no matter what. Um, if, I didn't ha- sure. if I didn't have Bruce Springsteen on the list, my father-in-law would, uh, would really not be happy with me. So Bruce Springsteen, Born <laughs> to Run, he, my father-in-law thinks he f- literally found Bruce Springsteen. Like, like went to like some <laughs> random bar. He's like, yeah, like I literally found him. I'm like, Rich, sure, dude. you're the best, but uh, I don't <laughs> think so. Um, number three for me, just like one of my personal favorite artists, and it's hard to choose one song. Uh, but Frank Ocean, thinking about you. Um, oh, so just song. literally, that is that's my plane song. Like every time I'm on the plane, I listen to Frank Ocean. It's like the only thing I'm like sit back, relax, and just chill out. Yeah. Um, uh, number, I guess number two, uh, Beatles, Let It Be. Um, nice. And then number one for me, probably my favorite artist, although. Right now, he seems to be a little, little nutso, but uh, Kanye West, Runaway. Uh, just such a good song, uh, such, such a good, good melody, song. Like, and it, then it goes on for nine minutes and <laughs> kind of just vibe out to it. So, Yeah, those are good. that's a great vibe. Love that. 
All right, I'll close our, uh, out the top five list. Mine's also pretty eclectic. I, I think maybe more eclectic than Greg's, but Greg's list is hard to, hard to beat too. Um, five is definitely a nod to the past and having you, TJ, on, I got I to gotta give a shout out to Zach downtown. So his, his song Zones with TJ came, I started my career yeah. in music management and TJ did some drumming on tour with Zach and um, you know, always got to look back to your roots. Number four, um, going a totally different route here, is All Along the Watchtower by Bob Dylan. Um, Love it. The Bob Dylan version, that's, that's on repeat for me often. Um, number two, also to make the grandparents, um, to make the, I'm sorry, number three, to make the grandparents happy as well. A little Grateful Dead. So going to go Casey Jones by Grateful Dead. Um, and then number two, which is not really a song that I think many people will have on a playlist anytime soon, but is near and dear to my heart is hail the Michigan fight song, hail to the victors. Um, yeah. In fact, I used to sing it when, when, uh, Gemma was still in the womb. I I used to sing it to her. So she would just put the headphones on Gabby's belly. The brainwashing started a long time ago. Yeah. She, she has no choice where she's going to college. How much um, Michigan gear does she already have? Not much because the football season this year was like a wash. Yeah. We don't. We, we're not going to talk about this year's football season. So okay. she'll get her gear next yeah, year. This, pod, this podcast would last another hour. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then number one, uh, I'm going to go hip hop here, and and I think "Juicy" by Biggie is just such a classic. Oh, it's you know classic. that song that you know comes on, and you you know everybody knows the words like. You got to have that. So yeah. she's got to memorize the lyrics too. Um, I especially we I live in Brooklyn. So I like, I can't you know, wait for the day to see Gemma just yeah, like. Yeah, this little, this little redheaded, through. little redheaded girl um, walking down the streets of Brooklyn, you know, um, so, spitting juice. Saying it was all a dream. It was all a dream. <laughs> it was all a dream. <laughs> that's incredible. Those yeah. are great top five. So those are my, that's my top five. Um, that closes that, that segment. But to finish it off here, we're going to put another one onto here, TJ. Um, okay. we don't have a name for this segment, so maybe you can help us name it, but we have seven legendary artists. Okay. That I think all of us ha- love, um, or have, you know, they've had top records at some point in their career and you're not going to be, Koa is not allowed to listen to two of them. You have, you, you know, he cannot hear their songs. He cannot know about them. You have to write this out of history for him. But you're going okay. the other five you can listen to. So you have to eliminate two of them. And this is gonna be hard. Okay. All right, I'm gonna run through the list if you want to write them down. So the Beatles. Okay. Jay Z. Okay. Avicii. Okay. Rolling Stones. Okay. Prince. Ray Charles. And Beyonce. Jeez. Um. Okay. I'm missing one. Beatles, Jay Z, Avicii, Rolling Stones, Ray Charles, Beyonce, and Prince. Prince. Two of them. Yeah. Two. I know this is hard. All right. First one, Rolling Stones. Out. No Mick Jagger for you. Out. No Mick Jagger. Um, just because I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Next one probably going to be oh. like I don't 
I don't want to, like, Avicii was tough, man, because he passed. And I don't want to, like, have to take the video <laughs> off my list and pass. But, like, I, I love Avicii. And, like, I just, oh, he passed. So it's, like, so tough. But Avicii would have to go as well. All right. I didn't, I didn't think you'd go there because of your love for electronic music. Um, but Yeah. Yeah, right. for sure. He's never going to know yeah. Avicii. He's never going to know Rolling Stones. But yeah. Womp womp. That's okay. Beatles, he has Sorry, to. Jay-Z. Uh, Prince is like, come on. Yeah. Ray Charles passed and Beyonce, like that's the only woman on there. Like she's amazing. Like she's like the voice of, of the females, you know? So. All right. Yeah. Awesome. TJ was, it was, it was great having you on. Very excited Thank to see, continue to see Koa grow and um, excited for you to be back out on tour and see Koa join you on stage. Hopefully. Yo, thank you guys so much. This is great. This is amazing. All right. Thanks, TJ. Adios. Yo, and your your guys' products, amazing. The products, Lala, amazing, 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 amazing. Uh, Thank you, TJ. Thanks, man. Thanks for tuning into the Dad Pod. Let us know who you want to hear on the pod next by DMing us on Instagram at Lalo, that's L-A-L-O, or emailing us at dadpod at meetlalo.com. We'll catch you next week with a brand new episode. 